0: Hi out there. I'm Pat Paul, and I'd like to welcome you to my show, Artbeat Northwest. Each week, we interview people from the visual arts or the performing arts in our local area. And today, Robin Siegel, oil painter, is here. Now, Robin has a new show at Seattle Art Museum and has been in many other art exhibitions, too numerous to mention. She has paintings and collections at UW Medicine, Washington Trust, Columbia Maritime Museum, and many others. She has been the recipient of a prestigious Willapa Bay Artist in Residency Award in 2017. Welcome to the show, Robin.
1: Thank you very much. Happy to be here.
0: And we're so happy to be able to talk with you about your art. But before we get started with the interview, I want to talk about two stage productions here in Seattle, which are actually about visual art. So we've got visual art and performing art in both of these productions. So I thought it was kind of interesting. Now the first is a play called Caught, and it's on at Intamin Theater at their 12th Avenue Arts until March 30th. And this play is about a Chinese dissident artist, so it embraces both theater and visual art, of course. And it is an OB winning play by Christopher Chen, and it attempts to pull the rug out from under the audience's initial perceptions, creating a shape-shifting trail between truth and perception. Of course, this is truly a contemporary experimental play, and it also has a fake art show in the lobby so you got to see this one. Now, I wanted to see it, so I decided to call them. I'm going to be a docent there on Friday with my friend, and uh, we're going to be talking about this fake art show, which I think we could just make up anything we want about a fake art show. Anyway, is it the audience? You know, you wonder what's captured by caught. I think the audience is what's captured by this play it should be interesting and tickets are still available at intiman.org also there is another play in town actually a musical at the 5th avenue marie dancing still and that's the story of the girl who posed for edward Degas sculpture, Little Dancer. And this new musical debuts at Seattle's Fifth Avenue Theater from March 22nd to April 9th. Now, this is actually Broadway visionaries, some very good uh, Broadway playmakers, them meeting ballet royalty. So you have both. You have, well, all three, you have art, you have dance, and then you have a play and singing too. Tyler Peck acclaimed Principal dancer plays Marie, and Tyler Peck is wonderful. Uh, she also played in the Washington, D.C. rendition. She dreams of being the next ballet star. She scrimps, saves, and steals in pursuit of her ambition and steps into immortality as the model for Degas' sculpture. Tickets still available at FifthAvenue.org. We'll be back shortly talking with Robin Siegel about her career in art. Support for Artbeat Northwest with Pat Polly comes from Pratt Fine Arts Center, offering year-round classes for youth, teens and adults. Located in the central area, Pratt is the only facility in the Northwest where absolute beginners and established professional artists work side by side, creating art in glass, metal, stone, and wood sculpture, jewelry and metal smithing, painting, drawing, printmaking, and mixed media. Learn more and register for classes at Pratt.org. Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Art Beat Northwest. Robin Siegel is here talking about her career in painting imaginative local scenery-based art. And Robin, would you describe what your art is like to the listeners? Sure. I make um,
1: large oil paintings that are inspired by the industrial waterfront. I see that from a 14-foot rowboat that my husband and I have been taking out every Sunday morning for years. And seeing the most beautiful uh, shapes and colors, um, it was always quite interesting to me to be introduced to a city where I've lived my whole life and then to be able to see it from the water's level. It's um, astounding and quite different from what we see when we're zooming by the freeway, looking down at the waterfront. It's very different to be up close to the big ships and hulls that rest there.
0: So I'm going to ask you a question you, but well do you paint from the boat? Oh I can't (laughs)
1: tell you how many people have asked me that. Now my paintings are big, they're oil paintings and the boat is 14 feet long with two rowing stations. One for me and one for my husband. Um, I have to work in the rowboat. It would be impossible to paint from the (laughs) rowboat. I do drawings, I take photographs, um, I observe But no oil painting in the rowboat.
0: So how did you get started uh, doing uh, all of this oil painting? I have made art
1: my whole life. I've always drawn and painted and made things, um, but I always stopped short of oil painting. Uh, I thought it was too serious. I wouldn't be good enough. It was expensive. It was a whole realm that I didn't understand. In art school, I didn't ever take oil painting classes. I painted with acrylic, um, so I didn't know how to deal with oil paint. And I just never quite stepped over that line. Um, But in 2006, my friend Susan, who lives in Portland and has been painting since we met in a painting class at the University of Washington many years ago, um, said to me, you have got to stop doing what you're doing. You need to oil paint. You need to take that leap and do it. And I said, oh, I can't. I won't be good enough. And we were we were doing some plein air work. She was oil painting and I was drawing outside. And she said, here, just take this brush. Just here. I have all the everything you need. Just do a little painting right now. And uh, I still have that little painting. And it was like an epiphany for me. I loved doing it. And it was a medium that um, allowed me to express myself differently in two dimensions than I ever had. So we were in Portland at the time um, and I came home to Seattle and signed up for two beginning oil painting classes. One at Gage and one at Pratt because I needed to learn how to deal with a medium. I didn't know anything about solvents, I didn't know how to clean a brush, I didn't know really how to mix those colors. Um, so I learned a lot there Um, my experience the first time painting with Susan was funny because I just had a little piece of paper and a brush and some paint that she had. And for some reason, by the time we got home, I had oil paint in my underwear. I had no (laughs) idea how it got there. It just got everywhere. It was a mess. And so taking those two classes helped me understand that it's, it's not a mystery. You just need to have some skills and take care. And now... I no longer get oil paint in my underwear.
0: <laughs> well, but you're not plain air painting. No, I'm that not. Much. That, yeah, that didn't help. <laughs> so, um, now how did you end up with? You have a certain palette, and how is it evolving? It seems to me like it's changing. And then the other thing that fascinates me about your paintings is how how good you are at all of these reflections in the water and the colors and realism of the... Oh,
1: well, it's fascinating out there. Uh, you know, the, uh, the heavy shapes that sit on the water, floating on the water, which is uh, reflecting all of the colors, but also wiggly and moving, and... Um, is part of what intrigues me so much about that. So I've studied it a lot. I look at it a lot and played a lot with paint, trying to capture that.
0: So now you have a studio, uh, and uh, and you've said that you know that you're someone who is, you're kind of hard to get focused. But how do you get yourself? I and mean, you're so productive. How do you get yourself to your studio every day oh. and get going on what you're doing?
1: Oh, there's pretty much no place I'd rather be than in my oh. studio. I don't have trouble doing that. And I really treat it like a job. I go during the week. I spend uh, four to seven hours a day there. Um, and I have a plan. You know, I do sketches. I have uh, blank canvases ready to go. I uh, I like deadlines. I like having a goal. So if I have a show coming up, like the one at the art museum gallery uh, was my last goal, which was great. Um, I, I just work. I just do my work, but I'm always stepping back literally and figuratively to see where it's going. I don't feel in complete control. I love to paint, but I'm also very interested in what happens when the paint gets onto the canvas. So I try to take a lead from that. Sometimes it's the wrong lead, and I wind up wiping it off or painting painting it out, which is
0: fine. (laughs) But so even though you have a plan for your painting, does it kind of evolve as you go?
1: Yeah. Do you work on more than one painting? I do. I used to work on three because Uh the paint is so wet, uh, and sometimes I like painting into wet paint, and sometimes it needs to dry a bit. And so having several going at a time. Also, if I get stuck, like something just isn't working. I can leave it and move on to something else without having to start on a fresh new canvas. Yeah, there's all. A, and now I don't do th- always
0: have three on the
1: board anymore, but um, there's always more than one going. Uh,
0: that kind of. Once you get frustrated with one, then maybe when. How does that work? I mean, then you've got something else to go yeah, to. That or? might
1: be working a little better. And uh, then I can go back to the one I think about. Uh, also, the most useful tool I have is my phone. I can stand all day in front of a painting on my painting wall and stay stuck. And if I take a picture of it on my phone and go home and look at it, it is pretty quickly very clear where the problems are. I don't get it, but it was just great.
0: Have you yeah. heard that others do that too? That's really yeah. interesting. Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's really interesting yeah. that that happens to work. <laughs> now I'm kind of curious uh, so many artists are using acrylic these days what's the ad- what what's the advantage to you of oil over acrylic because obviously you've used both.
1: I like the smell. I love to open the door to my studio every morning. It you smells smell. so good. <laughs> it's like inspiration for me <laughs> smell that oil um, I I only, when I was in school, I did some acrylic painting. I can't really speak to acrylics now. I have never used them since. But I find the colors uh, too chemical. Hmm. Um, I prefer the oil colors. So between the colors and the smell, I'm an oil painter. Yeah,
0: love that. Hmm. Interesting. Um, now, how did your art evolve to the point where you were selling your paintings? I mean, how long did that take between, you know, deciding to paint in oil and then taking some coursework, and then all of a sudden you're a professional painter?
1: Yeah. Or maybe not all of a sudden. Well, it (laughs) did not seem quite that sudden. But, but, um, yes, I, uh, soon after I started painting, I got a studio in a building in Ballard. I'm no longer in that studio. I've moved, but... um, That building had open studios every second Saturday of the month. So there were 12 during the year. And when I started painting, I didn't have an open studio. But then when I got to have a small body of work and people were invited to come through, I thought it would be good to have conversations about my work or to see how people respond to it. So I did that. Um... For a long time, I did that every second Saturday. So um, it was
0: mainly the open studios. It was first. mainly
1: the studios, yeah. And, and um, at the very beginning, so many of my dear friends bought my paintings, um, oh, wonderful. which was great. <laughs> I like for them to go to new homes. I don't want to keep them in the racks. Um, so that was incentive for me. Um, and then strangers started buying my paintings, which is thrilling because they didn't do it because they felt sorry for me or wanted to be nice (laughs) to me. (laughs) Um, So that was great. And I've always um, applied to various calls for work. I've had my uh, paintings in a number of exhibits with other people. I really need a context for my work. I like the paintings to be out in the world. I like people to view them. I want conversation about them. Um, It's a very solitary uh, pursuit. I spend a lot of time alone in my studio, and I'm fine with that. But I'm not fine with making paintings that then, like I said, sit in the racks and then go on and make new paintings. There's no context. And
0: you're not like Van Gogh. You're never sold <laughs> any in in so
1: many ways.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, do you think your art has evolved over the years? Uh, to be different from when you began, or yeah. w- what direction are you going? My early
1: paintings are? look quite different from the most recent ones, but I never intended to paint the industrial waterfront for all this time since oh, 2006. Okay. That wasn't but people my just t- like it, right? Well, th- they do, and I do, yeah. and I I find um, continuing inspiration there, and so the work is is getting more abstract. Really, my goal is for someone to look at a painting of mine, someone who doesn't know me, doesn't know about any of my other paintings, but looks at that and isn't sure exactly what it is. I hope they like what they're looking at, but I don't want them to say, oh, there's a ship floating in the water. Um, I, I like it when there's enough abstraction so that it just becomes a painting that's pleasing rather than
0: a picture of something. So. Oh, interesting! But that's a goal to make things look like something. And <laughs> well. here you want to things not to look <laughs> like something. But I see you're, where you're coming from. Um, and I see that you, in some of your recent paintings, you're using a little brighter colors. Is oh, is that? something that's a trend uh, or is you know, that one painting just an anomaly? <laughs> I don't
1: know what you're thinking of. I've, I haven't made a conscious decision about that.
0: Oh, but, okay. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah, there's a bright one out there, then good.
0: <laughs> so I just got to go back to you. Do you enjoy meeting visitors then at your, at your open studios? Is that, um,
1: a- you know, I don't do that so much anymore. The building I'm in now does not have them every month. That was way oh. too frequent. Now it's twice a year. Um, uh, I'm aware uh, that people, because I have been those people myself, nobody wants to get caught in somebody's studio. And the studios are usually small and there's a doorway and then you walk in and then what if you don't like the work and you don't know what to say and you don't want to, you don't want, <laughs> you know, I, I don't want anyone to be trapped in my studio at all. So um, it's not the best way to anymore for me to meet people who might actually be interested in the work. I do that once in a while, but I'm also very aware that it's, uh, you know, it it can be a trap.
0: Well, it's already time for a break. Uh, We've been here talking uh, with Robin Siegel about her art on Artbeat Northwest, and we'll be back shortly with more. From
1: new exhibitions to community events, Bellevue Arts Museum is always new, always different, and always exciting. Through March 24th, see Dylan Neuwirth. Omnia. New is a contemporary artist working with light, space, and interactive technologies. The exhibition traces a metaphorical life cycle from the cosmic to the personal, including work in video, performance, sculpture, and neon. The museum's fifth biennial, BAM Biennial 2018, BAM Glass-Tastic, will be on view from November 9th through April 14th. This juried exhibition showcases the best work in glass from 48 established and emerging Northwest artists, craftspeople, and designers. For more information, visit
0: BellevueArts.org. Alternative Talk 1150, the talk of the sound. Welcome back to RB Northwest. Robin Siegel's here talking about her career in painting. And of course, Robin has a new show at Seattle Art Museum called Journeys. Uh, What's that about, Robin?
1: Well, it's a, it's a, show with two other people who also exhibit at the museum, it's important to um, distinguish the museum from the museum gallery. This is the rental sales gallery that the museum has operated for many, many years. Um, When, let's see, it was in 2011, I was invited to exhibit paintings there. um, And I've had work there ever since. It is a wonderful place to exhibit work, and there's a program there that I think not a lot of people know about or understand. It's a rental sales gallery, so you can go in and see a painting that you really like, and you can rent it for three months um, at a very reasonable uh, price. Um, Lots of people do that to be sure that it looks nice over their fireplace or that, you know, fits. what, or, yeah. um, And uh, so there's no obligation to spend thousands of dollars on something that you just saw. It's a very good program. You can also buy paintings outright, of course, but um, it's a great program. A lot of offices downtown take advantage of the three-month rental and have a quarterly uh, program of changing paintings out. There's lots of exposure for the work in those offices. It's just a win-win for everybody. I love being there.
0: Well, even an individual
1: could change their decor oh, every absolutely. few months absolutely.
0: with a different painting if yeah. you really wanted to, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah, and, so, it's, and it's so reasonable that there's that the cost is not uh, a deterrent to doing So that.
0: have you sold many paintings through that Yes, gallery? I have. Oh, yeah. wonderful, yeah. wonderful. Now, another question. Uh, how do you go about naming your paintings? Oh,
1: um, that's the part that um, cracks me up, actually. <laughs> oh, okay. I like... Paintings with titles. I'm always slightly annoyed if there's a wall tag and the title is Untitled or Untitled (laughs) 3. And I think to me, naming them is like tying the ribbon on the package. Um, And I never, I always had trouble with how would I title them? And then I just hit on it. It's been several years ago. I keep a running list of titles. And so when I have a painting finished, I just go through my list and pick the one that seems appropriate. And the source, oh. the source of my list is the daily newspaper, um, either the sports section oh. or the business section. And it's, really? Yeah, it's kind of funny. Well, I, that appeals uh, so, to guys.
0: Well, you know,
1: and I don't think it's obvious, but one of my favorite titles, I, some of my paintings have two big shapes in them that are actually quite close with a sliver of light in between. One of those paintings is titled Tight End that came from the sports page, of course. (laughs) I have long-term parking. I have gritty business. And one of my favorite from the business pages is um, -um Duumvirate. Two (laughs) big shapes very close to each other. So I think they are uh, very well suited to the paintings. They make me laugh. And I don't know what everyone else, I don't know if they even notice what the name of the painting is. But to me, it's an important uh, finishing note.
0: Well, you know, your paintings, because they're of the commercial area, they actually have a masculine feel, you know, and so it makes sense that you go to the business pages or the sport pages right. to title them. And then on top of that, you know, a woman sees the painting and then the guy yeah. sees that title and he thinks, oh, well, we could have that in our house.
1: I, <laughs> so um, it helps him agree. Well, when things. I started painting, I had a, a a friend, a very good painter who helped me a lot with various aspects of my painting, and she said to me one day, you need to uh, you need to send your work to the Women's Museum of whatever. I don't even remember what it was. And I said, I don't want to be in a women's museum. I want to be a painter. I don't want to be a woman painter. And she said, but the thing about your work is it doesn't look like a woman painted it.
0: <laughs> That's true. That's true, which is probably good. Anyway, uh, what feeds your creative energy?
1: Hmm maybe going back to that context that I mentioned earlier, just to having an ongoing dialogue with um, fellow painters. I am part of a wonderful critique group that meets once a month. It means everything to me. Um, uh, the conversations I have with people who have purchased paintings, conversations with uh, the Sam Gallery people, I, uh, that keeps me going, that context. Yeah.
0: And of course, probably the ultimate acceptance of people buying your work, right? No, oh,
1: that that does I mean,
0: <laughs> that is acceptance more so than than what you you know, make from it. It's right. acceptance of exactly. your work.
1: Exactly, it's a validation that I uh, seem to really appreciate. Yeah.
0: Now let's talk a little bit about uh, the uh, artist in residence program. Oh, yeah. Will. Willapa, Willapa Bay. Bay. I've just been reading about that, and that oh. the gal that does it just sounds it just sounds wonderful. Yeah. What was your experience oh, there? Oh, it
1: was wonderful. It was like a dream. Um, I'm a grown up. What grown up gets the opportunity to go to a beautiful place to do nothing but your work that you want to do, totally supported? The wonderful place to live. Five other fascinating artists there at the same time. Um, food prepared by a chef for every meal. It was fabulous. Um, The hard part was that uh, I've never had 24 hours a day for an entire month to think about nothing but my work. And that turned out to be a long time. I needed to um, sort of make a schedule for myself and make little goals along the way so that I could actually feel like I was making progress and making good use of the time. It was overwhelming at the beginning.
0: Now, the person who has uh, started this. Cindy uh, Hayward. Cindy Hayward. One of her go- her goals was that everyone really have this great conversation around meals. Yes. And uh, how did that work? Oh, it worked great. You know, I can imagine
1: that different groups might not, you know, might not work as well as ours did, but um, it was wonderful. So and you,
0: but you didn't just have artists in the group. You had there two I mean, visual artists,
1: two visual artists, a poet, two writers, a composer. That's the mix.
0: And I guess uh, Cindy also wanted to have scientists in there, but somehow I, oh. I went through the, I went through the uh, different, you know, years and who uh-huh. had been there. And I didn't Did see, see any scientists. scientists. I don't know about but that I, part. I think her idea is to try to get people from kind of different perspectives right. together to maybe being with each other might create something even greater than absolutely the whole. You yeah, know?
1: I just noticed today on Instagram a posting of a. Uh, fellow who was there with me and, and the composer are still working together. So that's great.
0: Well, I, we are already running out of time. Thank you so much, Robin, for coming in to talk with us. Thanks for having me. Yes. And now, how can listeners go online to see some of your oil paintings?
1: They can go to the Seattle Art Museum Gallery through the 28th of March
0: or my website, RobinSiegel.com. Okay, and uh, these are wonderful professional paintings that you will enjoy seeing. And be sure to listen in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. drive time for Artbeat Northwest for news and views of the local art scene. I'm your host, Pat Polly signing off on Alternative Talk 1150. Have a great, creative week.